Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. I'm Liam Maitland, KCBS Foodie Chap at Birch and Rye, Noe Valley, San Francisco, California. Chef and owner, Anya Elwatar. Good to see you, Anya. How are you? I'm doing great. So nice to see you as well. Or should I begin by saying hello, neighbor? Yes, absolutely. I can't believe you're next door. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad day. you finally uh, discovered us. Yeah. So nice to have you in. And I'm glad that you don't ever have to yell to me to keep the noise down. That hasn't happened yet. So I'm a good neighbor. Uh, Chef Anya, so many exciting things happening here at Birch and Rye. And before we go back in time and share a little bit more of, of your journey, we have to just refer to the James Beard Awards, being a finalist, best new restaurant in the country. Uh, you celebrated your first year, your anniversary, uh, just a few months ago. Getting that news, mm -hmm. getting that call from James Beard, knowing all the struggles, the ups, the downs, the triumphs. Mm -hmm. How did this news sit with you? Well, it was a shocking news because I did not expect that to happen. Um, but at the same time, it made total sense because I think we've done something that is so different and so daring. We weren't afraid to really make things uh, in a new way. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, all the Russian restaurants in America have mostly been created for the Russians. Yeah. And from my perspective, this is the first Russian restaurant that's really been created for everyone. Russians, of course, are welcome, but it's also a restaurant for Americans. It is not a restaurant that's nostalgic and looking back at what it used to be and my, uh, my sort of uh, nostalgic memories of how my grandmother used to create this dish. But it's more looking forward and trying to reimagine how to use the same ingredients, methods of preparations, flavors in a way that is fresh that is seasonal, that is driven by the farmer's market produce, that is essentially California. And I think that's what's been so compelling about this concept. It's this freshness and innovativeness and looking at the Russian cuisine in a way that we haven't been able to look at before. Yeah, I see this, Anya, correct me if I'm wrong. Is Birch and Rye in many ways a love letter to Russia, but also to California? And this is where you've called home. I love your questions. I think that is so, like, you really nailed it. Um, I, I have said this over and over again. For some reason, everybody says that this restaurant is a love letter to Russia. 
I want to say this for the record. This is my love letter to America. This restaurant is really the culmination of a few decades of living here, breathing here, absorbing this culture, loving this culture. And this is my way to share a culture that hasn't really been part of the fabric of American food scene and trying to offer that as my love letter to America. We'll get into the menu in just a moment. Uh, When we speak of this love letter, uh, we have to go back in time a little bit and speak of the things uh, that you've drawn from, that you've brought with you from your childhood, your memories, your family. What are those food memories and how they played out in some way, shape or form in the menu here today at Birch and Rye? My memories about Russia are mostly memories of being in nature and being with family. And I think this is what's so unique about this concept as well, is it's really looking at this culture and cuisine through the eyes of the child. I left Russia when I was 17 years old. So I wasn't a child anymore, but I really have never lived in Russia as an adult. So my memories were very, um, for the most part, a very positive of uh, spending months with my grandparents at our dacha or summer house, of foraging for wild mushrooms, picking uh, wild berries, cultivating our little plot and growing as many vegetables as we can and curing, canning, processing them for the winter. And those are the kind of memories that really became definitive of who I am and how I relate to food and how I relate to uh, creating community through food. And those are the kind of memories that I think I would like to share. This is the kind of story that has never been talked about. Russia's been so villainized, and I am not trying to talk about or justify any of the political uh, happenings. I'm just saying that it's more nuanced and complex. Mm -hmm. And why don't we look at the whole story? Why don't we look at that? Russians love nature. And there's a really rich, there are beautiful evergreen forests. There are uh, enormous wide fields covered with flowers. There's many wild mushrooms. There's berries. There is community of people that come around the table and share a meal. Why can't we tell stories that are more nuanced and yeah. less black and white? Sure. And this is what this restaurant is about. Yeah, And of course, the name, Birch and Rye. Yeah, so Birch, so I will talk really quickly about both Birch and Rye and how the name came about. So. There are many layers of how this name could be interpreted. So I'll go quickly through the layers. So first of all, birch is a national Russian tree. It also is in Russian poetry and literature many times, um, is the symbol of the soul. Mm -hmm. Poetically, it's represented as a soul of Russia. And it is really um, kind of the essential way Russians relate to nature. Uh, Many times when you hear Russians talk about uh, what they miss back in Russia, they say, oh, I miss the birch trees. But another really key important uh, factor behind the name is every Russian kid, at least in my generation, knew how to tap birch trees for sap. 
So as a kid, I knew how to create a little incision, hang out your uh, glass jar, collect just the right amount of sap so you don't deplete the tree and then seal it so the tree lives and thrives. And all the kids would go in, in those few weeks um, during the year in the spring when that sap comes yeah. out. And that was the drink that you would save. Uh, you would collect it for many trees and you will save it for throughout the year. It also is the drink that the Russian government really sold in every store. So it was really the essential Russian drink. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, rye, of course, uh, is uh, the name behind the ingredient that's such a key ingredient in the Russian cuisine and food. Um, my grandmother would be making so many jokes about my grandfather not being able to have a meal without rye bread. And she would jokingly say he couldn't even, even eat a watermelon without the rye bread. So rye bread was so essential and so beloved and so important for the Russian people that they couldn't imagine eating anything without it. And um, really quickly, I want to say that that's why we make our rye bread with such pride using the Russian government standardized formula behind the coriander rye bread that takes us 24 hours, triple fermentation, three stages, and we are making this in a way that you can taste what all the Russian bakeries had to create um, you know, even before the World War II, sure. and it still remains now. And yeah. I, we want everyone to taste that uh, uh, very authentic taste of rye bread. Yeah. So those are the two. In, the name birch and rye really could be interpreted as the most essential f- food and drink. Sure. Of Russia. Okay. And I know on my recent visit here, a taste of the rye, oh, my word, to me, uh, a new taste, something new in the way... Uh, it's baked and prepped and uh, enjoyed. But I'm sure for a lot of folks maybe who grew up in Russia, who've come through these doors here at Birch and Rye, you glance across the room and you know you're taking them back home. They cry. There's two things that made people, Russian people, cry at this restaurant. It's the rye bread and it's smetana. Smetana is, even though it's translated sometimes as sour cream, it's actually cu- uh, cultured creme fraiche. Yeah. And we brought our cultures from Russia to inoculate uh, clove or organic cream to create the authentic smetana. And those are the two things that bring Russians that come to this restaurant to tears. Sure. You know... Uh, I was reduced to tears just because I had such an amazing meal here. Uh, Anya, when you opened the Russia-Ukraine war, uh, literally started within a couple of weeks of you opening your doors here. Two weeks, I recall, I remember walking by going, I should really pop in here. And I had no thoughts about it being a Russian restaurant. I was just curious to know what was beyond the doors. Uh, And only to discover what's behind these doors is this amazing restaurant. Uh, And a menu, uh, you know, thoughtful, creative, unlike anything else uh, I've seen anywhere. As we said earlier, a love letter uh, to America and also Russia. Um, But it was a challenge early on. But you persevered, you pushed through. What gave you the drive to move beyond the noise, keep pushing, keep going? Because that was a challenging period. I think when we go through active trauma, 
it is very easy for us to paint everything in black and white, such as Russia's black, Ukraine is white. My personal experience was when I left Russia, Ukraine and Russia were still one country. All I knew, it was part of my country. I also uh, want to say that my paternal grandmother was Ukrainian. My paternal grandfather was Belarus. My maternal grandmother was Lithuanian. I'm only 25% Russian. Yeah. But I also want to say I am not an exception. Yeah. We are so intertwined. Yeah. We're so mixed. We share so mm-hmm. much. So, yeah. We share food. Yeah. We share literature. Mm-hmm. We share history. Yeah. The original Russian kingdom, mm-hmm. pre-Christian, was called uh, the Kiev Rus. That was the pre-Russia because the capital of yeah. original Russia was Kiev. Sure. That's how old yeah. our roots mm-hmm. are. I don't think a lot of people realize yeah. the complexity, no. the no. nuance, yeah. the heartbreak. Yeah. Oh. The heartbreak for me as someone who grew up in Russia, the shame, mm. the heartbreak, the helplessness yeah. that you feel when you know this is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And you have a choice to either hide in shame or to come out and shine the light as bright as you can. Mm -hmm. And it was a real choice. We sat down at the table and my PR said, drop the Russian. Drop the Russian and say, I'm Eastern European. And it took me 24 hours and a sleepless night. And I said, no, because we'll have no power. But if we are keeping the name Russian, but we will show a shining example of what a Russian can be, that can be influential. And that is an impact we're looking for. We're looking to create impact and inspire other Russians Mm -hmm. because we're not bad people. We, it's a very, Russia is the biggest country in the world. It has a very rich, complex history. And I think that Hating all Russian Americans yeah. yeah. is not going to solve this crisis. No. So, I'll pause. No, and Anya, I, you know, and you are shining a light, a big, bright beacon of light here through your passion, through the menu, and what you've created here. And I can only connect with you on this front. People always often refer to me as the oh, the, the British guy. Uh, we were actually Irish Catholics, my family, from the south of Ireland. I was born in London and ended up living in the north of Ireland. So, again, being from the south, being a true Irish person, uh, but with a English accent. Complicated. Very different. I'm not comparing and saying that they're, 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 they're akin but the, the story is similar in terms of just knowing where you come from and, and hanging on to that. That's why I do say I'm an Irishman with an English accent. And you've been asked to drop the Russian? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. How could you? But I think what you're talking about is similar in a way that we come from a global reality. We come yeah. from um, 
cultures that a lot of times are misunderstood or not well known and we're trying to find shared humanity we're trying to find what mm-hmm. connects us below the surface and how can we tap into the goodness yep. in any culture yep. that we represent and i think it's fair to say i don't think i know that what you're doing here is you are bridging cultures you are bringing together people doesn't matter where you're from but when you sit at this table there's a communion and a sharing of bread of wine vodka whatever else is on the menu and all the other stuff does not matter yeah it does I... matter but in this moment when you come in here and you sit at this table there's a communion with those you're sitting with and there's togetherness and there's unity and I'm sure there's passionate conversation but there's unity and they're coming together at the table yeah i was uh speaking with a friend of mine who's a journalist and i said you know there are a lot of people that really um you know 2022 has become uh, a year of russophobia and yeah. you know it's it's really it's really easy to hate all russian americans i mean mm. all russians but yeah. we're talking we're in america yeah. so all russian americans and i said to her jokingly mm-hmm. but not really i said i'll make it very difficult for you to hate me when you come here yeah because i'm going to share my heart yeah. i'm going to share my soul i'm going to share the best food that i can uh create and I'm going to engage you on a level that's deeper than that, you know, superficial hatred that you might have. And say, I think that to solve this, um, the, what's happening right now, the only way out is through finding connection and through increasing our capacity to love. Yeah. Hate will never, mm. it will never solve this crisis. And Anya, this is your home. This is your culinary home. So to eat here, to come here, you invited your friend to have the experience. It's to invite someone into your home. So what happened? She came, she dined. What happened? To my friend who is a journalist? Yeah. She also um, was a Russian major in college. She's American, but uh, she spent a couple of years in Russia. She speaks Russian. And so she was brought to tears, of course, by smetana and by rye bread. But also she said, you know, I didn't realize that the Bay Area really desperately needs a representation of the Russian culture. Because what we have is not representing what's happening in Russia right now. Can I just say a couple of words about the current situation? I've got nowhere to be till Christmas. Okay. That's great. So <clears throat> a very interesting historical uh, framework around the modern Russian yeah. cuisine. Modern Russian uh, food movement is very recent. It was born around 2016, 2018. Yeah. And it was born out of adversity, as most things in Russian culture. Sure. Uh, it was. It happened after Russia hacked the U.S. elections, mm-hmm. and uh, America, as well as the Western Europe, European countries, blockaded any uh, import of food into Russia. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, Russia couldn't get uh, French cheese. It couldn't get uh, the salami. It couldn't get the bread. It yeah. couldn't have anything that it normally would get from yeah. the West. Sure. So the Russian chefs, for the very first time looked around and said, well, can we make it? Can we, can we go to those little villages and ask them to make those artisanal products? And they were forced to. Yeah. 
but what happened out of this is they started creating, they started looking at old recipes from yeah. hundreds of years ago when Russia used to be very artisanal. And Michelin Guide went into Russia and awarded Michelin stars for the very first time in history in 2021. This was a historical year yeah. because the Russian food movement was just born, a yeah. one or two years mm -hmm. old, and it turned out to be so exceptional in its rarity. Yeah. There's articles and articles of how unique yeah. the uh, outcome was that they were, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, there were nine restaurants awarded Michelin stars, none three. Yeah. Two were awarded yeah. two Michelin stars and the rest of them, like seven were awarded, I think, one Michelin star, but uh, it was a historical event. Unfortunately, because of the war in Ukraine, yeah. uh, Michelin Guide, as well as the Best 50, um, said that we, we're no longer sure. um, having a representation in Russia, yeah. but it had that one year and, first. And to that end, I have a friend of mine, an American chef, uh, American French, and he wanted to be part of that wave of creativity and moved to Russia in 2020 and was there until the end of 2021. Um, off the record, I'll share his information with you. But because he was speaking of this exciting time and it was bringing people actually from the West who wanted to be a part of it. Yeah. The word was very out. very unique. That's yeah. very unique. Yeah. And, but, what, but what is happening is none of this... Um, amazing modern wave of the the new food from Russia is being translated into the West. Right, of course. That yeah. I'm aware of. Yeah. And I'm getting this reflection from all the yeah. journalists that this sure. is the only true modern Russian restaurant. Yeah. So there's a whole other story there. Um, we have to talk food, Anya. Okay, sorry. Uh, no, you and I, listen, I love it. Conversation. We could talk for hours. Yes. Uh, I know our friends listening uh, if you've just joined us, Summit Birch and Rye, chef, owner, Anya. Uh, and you do have another chef partner here, uh, Chef Stephen. He's a bit of a rock star, isn't he? Yes. So my uh, chef de cuisine, Stephen uh, Simmons, has been instrumental for this restaurant. He came on early as a consultant. So he was pre-opening. He helped me open. And he's uh, been amazing in this first year. He and I really collaborated on... This he became really impassioned to represent a Russian culture. He is studying Russian culture. He is learning. He is embracing this uh, new cuisine, and he really has been a, a rock star here at Birch and Rye. Let's talk about the five course chef tasting menu. And friends, by way of a teaser, we have some breaking food news. You're gonna have to wait till the end of this interview to find <laughs> out what it's all about. Uh, so, for those who've never been to Birch and Rye, chef. Talk us through the menu. What might they discover here? And what is the experience you hope diners will have here? So right now we have, uh, as our main uh, tasting menu offering, we have the chef's five-course tasting and vegan chef's five-course tasting. And this is still our winter and early spring menu. So we try to represent the dishes that are traditionally served during winter and early spring. So our soup is perlovka, which is uh, porcini barley mm. soup. It is such a typical soup that in most Russian households, you will have this three times uh, mm. a week during uh, winter months. And we serve it with dehydrated mushroom chips, smetana, and dill. 
it has really been beloved by our diners. And unfortunately, we will have to change it, but it has been very popular. I call this a hug of love in a bowl. Yes, yes, it's very comforting and slightly elevated. Yeah. The next dish we have is the smoked sturgeon dish. So Russian celebratory table is, you know, I can't imagine any celebration without smoked sturgeon in some shape, form, shape or form. So in our interpretation, we make the smoked sturgeon riette. We get our sturgeon from mm. Sacramento. We smoke it over almond wood. We make a riette out of it. We uh, create our uh, Russian mayo out of sunflower oil. And uh, it's topped with Kaluga caviar and uh, wildflowers. Oof. And it comes with a few slices of rye bread and cured Meyer lemon paste. The next dish has been probably our most mm -hmm. wow factor dish. So Russian pilmeni is, of course, world famous for, you know, your dumplings with usually meat feeling, filling uh, and topped normally with uh, smetana and ketchup. Therefore, the name Russian dressing. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so this interpretation is much more California, yeah. in my view. So we still have the dumplings, yeah. but we make our dough black. We used einkorn flour, which is the most ancient type of wheat known to men. We, uh, inside the stunning black dough, we use uh, crab and ricotta filling with, you know, rich in herbs and lemon zest. And then our sauce is made from winter squash, and it's topped mm. with sea buckthorn foam, um, uh, salmon roe, and dill, of course. Wow. Dill is a key ingredient sure. to any dish. Yeah. So it's a stunner. And then we have this edible uh, chul, which is kind of a, a laced cookie that goes over the bowl, and you're looking <laughs> through that laced cookie onto your really stunning pilmeni. It's served in a black bowl. So the whole thing is, is very visually artistic, I think. Mm -hmm. So, and now you're getting into the mains. Uh, so wild game is a big deal in Russia and uh, like geese with apples or duck with apples is a very traditional Christmas dish, but it's also served throughout the winter months. So we have the duck breast and apple gelée with wild mushrooms. Um, we love our local black cod, so in our winter menu, we uh, make the uh, beet-infused uh, beet beurre blanc, uh, and it's served with pine nut foam, asparagus, and a kohlrabi disc. Mm. And then the lamb uh, is the only not really Russian dish, but very popular in Russia. So this is the influence that comes from Georgia. So mm. we're serving a Georgian-style lamb with the Georgian sauce, spicy sauce called ajika, with smoked purple cabbage, with the rutabaga puree. And it's a very interesting, so it's also topped with some nuts and uh, raisins and fresh pomegranate seeds. So it's a very traditional Georgian dish. Uh, a lot of times uh, in Russia, you would go to a Georgian restaurant to celebrate. So it's very celebratory. Mm. So those are your three choices currently. And then the dessert that it comes with is the rye donuts. Chef oh, Steven? Showstopper. Showstopper. A showstopper. <laughs> yes. I agree. I agree. So uh, they're light and fluffy. It's hard to believe that they're made out of rye. It's a highly sift 
uh, rye flour. Essentially, it's an AP of rye, and it comes with a house-made caramel and Siberian sturgeon. If you, I recommend having that as an add-on. It is, a lot of people say, oh, I don't know if I want it with caviar. You do. Yes, you do. Absolutely. Uh, I will come just for that. And uh, Anya, I love the fact, obviously, on your menu, you pair with wonderful wines um, from around the world. But I also love your quotes under each and every little dish. You have a different quote uh, from an artist, a writer, a musician. Uh, And here's one I'm just going to pick out here, which I love, a quote from Regina Spector. Mm-hmm. You cannot make a mistake. The universe is too big. I love this. I love this. Yeah, friends, just come, just come for the poetry. Come for the quotes. Um, well, it's also it's yeah. highlighting that there, they are Russians that added to the global soul of humanity, oh, yeah. and there are many Russians that that you know if you look back in history, they influenced um, you know even. For example, ballet in New York was formed out of Ballet's Russes, oh, yeah. which was uh, a Russian ballet troupe. Sure. And so those are the kind of stories we like to share and say, okay, we all know what mm-hmm. bad comes out of Russia. Let's talk That's about so much what's good. good. And there's so much good. Hey, Rudyov Nureyev uh, was a huge star, uh, obviously in the ballet scene in America, uh, Russia, of course, and Britain. He was always on talk shows. He was the first famous Russian name I really knew, apart from the composers. Yeah, and, and for example, in our vegan menu, we try to highlight specifically the scientists. For example, I don't know how many people know that the inventor of the periodic table was a Russian man <laughs> called Mitri Mendeleev, that uh, the inventor of the behavioral medicine was uh, Ivan Pavlov, mm-hmm. and that the first woman PhD in Europe was a Russian woman called so- uh, Sofia Kavalevskaya. And, you know, this is my personal, one of my favorite uh, quotes of a Russian ballet dancer. Um, and uh, Anna Pavlova, after whose yeah. the Pavlova dessert was mm-hmm. invented. So that's her name, by the way. Um, but the quote goes something like this. What exactly is success? For me, it's not to be found in applause, but in a satisfaction of feeling that one is realizing one's ideal. Wow. That speaks loudly to you, doesn't it? Well, I think this is what this restaurant is about, is yeah. to say, you know, I, I can't control what's going on back in Russia. Yeah. No. But what I can control is to creating something that is my highest ideal of what the Russian culture is capable of. Yeah. And so this is one big experiment to see how bright can we make this light shine. Yeah. Well, listen, friends, come through these doors. Uh, the light is bright. Uh, I want to get some breaking news. Friends, if you want to know more about the a la carte menu, you can have that experience here as well. Mm-hmm. You can come without a reservation. You can sit at the little counter right there, order some caviar, champagne, or whatever you want from the a la carte menu. Mm-hmm. As simple as you want, as extravagant as you want. But here we have it, folks. Breaking food news. A brunch is coming to Noe Valley, San Francisco, California, here at Birch and Rye. Mm-hmm. Anya, tell me about the brunch here. What will the experience be about? And you're kicking it off on a day when we celebrate the most important person, usually in our lives, our mothers. Yes, uh, we thought it would be really meaningful to have our first brunch opening on Mother's Day, Sunday, May 14th. So we're hoping to get it done. We're uh, hiring more people so we can be open on that Sunday. 
and for for the Sunday to be the first Sunday um, to be open for brunch. Later on, we'll also hopefully be open uh, for brunch on Saturday. I just want to say that when we were opening Birch and Rye, we always wanted brunch. If you look at our original opening article at Eater, it said opening with dinner and brunch. It was just too much for us. Mm-hmm. Finally, we're I think we're ready. We want to... Uh, share with you the amazingness of Russian breakfast and brunch because I think there are such unique and strong offerings that are both healthy, delicious, and very unexpected, exciting, um, over-the-top, sometimes luxurious, Mm -hmm. but really fun. So I think it will be beyond the borders of that it's Russian and just that it's an excellent San Francisco brunch offering so teasers teasers here's the teasers yeah so we'll have a rye uh waffle with uh sour cherry and whipped smetana we will have uh, a giant donut in a in a shape of um a bagel with birch syrup glazed durak um my gosh, my mouth is watering right here. It really is. Egg, yeah, egg, egg and bacon. We'll have uh, fried round, round donuts with smetana and caviar. We'll have buckwheat bowls with um, poached eggs. We'll have the poached pear with the millet bowl and almond milk. And just many, many offerings that will be so fun and satisfying. And you can share that with your family. Of course, you will have uh, exciting bar offerings with... A plate of pickle. We're looking at expanding our cured uh, fish offering as well. I mean, yes, we need a mop over here. Uh, my mouth is watering so much. I'm so excited for this, excited for brunch. And also the fact that you are highlighting the importance of breakfast in Russian culture. And for many of us, we have no idea what that is. Exactly. And I think, oh, one more thing I want to say. It's the dish that my kids are willing to fly to Miami where my mom lives just so she cooks this for them. It's a serniki. It's essentially uh, a Russian-style ricotta um, pancakes that uh, we will make the ricotta cheese daily in-house and we'll make those traditional uh, ricotta cakes and they will come with honey and smetana and other, you know, um, uh, orange um, peel and it's it's going to be just a really delicious you'll have both the savory and the sweet and you can mix and match and share with your entire family it's going to be really good you know uh, it would be naughty to be here and not leave without mentioning your vodka program and this is your own crafted vodka what's unique about it and why should people be excited to try the vodka created here through Birch and Rye? Well, one reason is there's no other infused vodka program that I know of in San Francisco. And uh, we uh, have a little bit over 10 infusions right now. We will add some more seasonal ones. So upstairs we have a laboratory and we have, um, we're infusing our vodka with uh, all the different traditional Russian uh, you know, infusion types, for example, linden flowers, mm-hmm. sea buckthorn, horseradish, black currants, um, fig and anise. There are, there are all those flavors of vodka. It's really strong. It's really bright. 
it's really fresh, and it's also really medicinal. Each vodka infusion actually has a purpose. And if you know, if you are um, wanting to find a remedy, for example, if you are having a mild cold or flu, you should yeah. have a horseradish vodka. If you're having some stomach indigestion or if you're not sleeping well, then the something like a linden flower might be amazing. They're yeah. all medicine as, as well as... Anya, I'm going to stop going to the doctor. I'm just going to come here for a shot of vodka when I'm, when I'm, <laughs> when I'm, when I'm feeling a little off. Well, I mean, you're laughing, but I remember yeah. going to my grand aunt's house. And even if you're a little kid, she would have an entire shelf. And each bottle would have things floating in it. Mm. And she'll be like, what's wrong? And depending on what you have, you get the shot of vodka. And apparently, according to her, and she died in her late 90s, it'll take care of it. So, you know, that that's from my grand aunt to you. Well, I'll be here. As we wrap, we have to talk about family and your family, um, for those who are still home, for those who are in Russia. Um, you have some family in Ukraine? Yeah, so... What would my... they make of this? What would your family members, your mother and your father, are they still with us? Yes, very much so. Um, so after the war, the rest of my family left Russia because they were not comfortable staying in the country that's uh, acting in that way. So um, no one is living in Russia, but I do have distant relatives. My my grandmother on the father's side uh, was Ukrainian. Yeah. My grandfather was uh, from Belarus. Uh, my other grandmother was from um, Lithuania. And I'm only actually technically 25% Russian <laughs> because of one grandparent. But this is, the, this is the nuance that we're trying to highlight um, here at this restaurant is how intertwined and interconnected we are and how difficult for us to just blindly hate all Russians because we are, we're, we are part of this, part of, we're part of that region that's been, uh, that had a very complex and uh, complicated history yeah. and a lot of us you know I know people that are Ukrainians but were born in Russia mm -hmm. I know people who are Russian and were born in Ukraine and it is um, to me when I heard the news I couldn't and I still can't comprehend how something like this could happen because when I left Russia uh, Ukraine was part of that culture yeah. part of that country and yeah. so that's all I knew that was that was my sisters and brothers, yeah. those people were the closest culturally sure, to sure, us. They yeah. were, you know, Belarus, um, Ukraine, and Russia were the, the Slavic triangle. Yeah. I, I, could, I still can't. I, mm -hmm. I have cried with so many people that come here from Ukraine, just crying big tears because we were mourning, yeah. mourning mm -hmm. the, the loss of the country that we once knew. Yeah. And this, uh, it is such madness that I, may, I can make no sense of it except go back to what I know. It is instead of looking at political borders, at physical borders, let's look at what we have to share as a humanity, mm. as, as two human beings sitting across from each other. What can we find that's the most elevated way in which we can connect? Mm. Whether you're from Ukraine, you're American, you're Irish, you're Russian. How do we celebrate our humanity? How do we connect heart to heart? And that's the only thing that makes sense. 
And so a lot of people come from Ukraine. And of course, they say, oh, my God, you know, this dish, that dish, you know, oh, the borscht. And instead of fighting who borscht belongs to, I understand that officially UNESCO announced that it belongs to Ukraine and I celebrate it. But Mm -hmm. it also is part of my history. I grew up eating Mm -hmm. it. All my friends were eating it. So do I do I rip it out of my food repertoire because Mm. UNESCO didn't include that in in their uh, write up about who owns what dish? Who has the authority of telling me what my story is? Mm. What I ate as a child, that's all I'm trying to highlight. I'm not talking about who owns the political, uh, you know, I I get a lot of uh, criticism of how dare you representing Ukrainian dishes. I say, I'm not representing any political borders. I'm representing just one thing that I'm the authority on, which is my personal story that I'm trying to tell through food. Yeah. That's all I'm the expert on that. Well, through this food, there are no borders. There are no limits. And your passion uh, is infectious, Anya. I'm so happy. Great things are happening to you. Wow. Friends, um, come here and have the most amazing <clears throat> culinary experience because you will and you'll want to come back. If you want to come here for just uh, an a la carte experience and sit at the counter, you can. If you want to come and do the entire chef tasty menu, you can. Uh, the vegan menu. And soon brunch is coming here to Birch and Rye as well. And I couldn't be more excited. And one more um, uh, piece of uh, news about the new offering is we're extending our a la carte by popular demand. Everybody's saying, oh, we want more experience of authentic uh, Russian dishes. So we're going to be ordering um, aspic and beef tongue and olivier salad and all those traditional Zastolia type or the feast, the Russian feast dishes, because we want you to experience the feast and not just like a, a very curated. We heard you and we are responding. So please come in and check after mid-May. You'll have a lot more fun ordering a la carte. Done. By the way, my, my tears here are tears of joy because it's just such a wonderful thing you're doing here. And the fact that you're in my backyard is just wild. Uh, friends, Birch and Rye, Castro Street, in Noe Valley at 24th. Uh, come, have the experience of a lifetime here. Make it a place you come back to often. Birch and Rye, chef owner, Anya, thank you so much, darling. Thank you. Uh, friends, more on the Birch and Rye story at kcbsradio.com and click on Foodie Chap. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. 
Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.